This passage in Jeremiah is real depressing. God is speaking to the people of Israel, warning them over and over again about their looming demise. A world with no light, no birds, no people. Food is scarce, things are quaking and shaking in cities, once full of habitation and civic life, now empty. The cause? God's divine anger to a people who've lost their ability to do good. God's anger in response to a country on a way to destroying herself by infidelity to that which is holy. This often not preached about text places us right in the middle of this desolation to hear and feel the weeping of creation being unmade, the weeping of the earth. Shh, can you hear it? The destruction of the United States Postal Service, the corruption of power, the erosion of natural resources, the weeping of children, parents, and teachers at the onset of a COVID school year. A people who would rather fill the promises of Wall Street and white supremacy, Christian nationalism and heteronormativity than to be faithful to that which is holy and just. Shh, can you hear it? A global pandemic heightening and already weeping world? I can hear it. Biblical scholars, including Walter Brueggemann, offer suggestions as to why this super depressing passage made it into the holy book. It isn't some scare tactic or lame theological exercise to win devotion, but rather it's a rhetorical attempt to engage a numb, unaware community in an imaginative embrace of what is happening so that we might be catalysts for change. We talk a lot at middle about how we understand love, not as a soft, wimpy emotion, but rather as bold, courageous, and a tough, intentional way of living and being. I think love looks like imagination. Imagination is often siloed to children and fantasy, so we're quick to infantilize it as fluff and fantasia. But imagination, the kind that this passage in Jeremiah hearkens, is anything but whimsical. Imagination doesn't point to another world with lofty, unchecked dreams but rather it's focused on the redemption of this world, this very world that you and I are living and breathing and moving in. The very world that God's people centuries ago were living and moving in. Facing this weeping world is hard. 
We need an active, imaginative embrace to face it. The realities of this moment make us numb. When we become numb, we're robbed of our potential to be fully human. But imagination has the power to move us towards human and societal transformation because it alters how we view ourselves and our place in the world. How do we continue to be people of imagination in a face of a widely weeping country? How do we continue to be people of imagination when our culture praises quick solutions, narrow formulas for success, beauty, and education, and provides binary options at best for the living of these days? Work full-time from home with children who now also need full-time instruction, or send your children to school where neither they, nor teachers, nor building, nor administration are safe. Shut down the USPS or save democracy. Pay your rent or lose your home. Stay awake always in the front seat of your car after a long day or be killed by the police. Our culture doesn't leave much room for imagination. And thus, utilizing an imaginative embrace is our prophetic work and our prophetic call. We who every single one of us, as Wesley reminded us, is made in the image and in the promises of God. We are ordained by our very making to be people of imagination. Brueggemann reminds us that the prophet doesn't ask if or how the vision can be implemented. Imagination has to come before implementation. And how do we continue to be people of imagination in the face of a culture who imagines nothing? Barbara Love's liberatory consciousness has a word for us here. Liberatory consciousness is an intentional way of living that calls us to maintain an awareness of the dynamics of oppression around us and in us while not giving into despair and hopelessness, all the while working to change the, the oppressive systems in order to create greater equity. I think that's what Jeremiah is doing here, helping the people become intentionally aware of the oppressive systems the oppressive tendencies even in themselves so that they might analyze, take action, and then move towards collective liberation. We were on the F train several years ago when my son Zane, then two, asked what that bad smell was because kids have impeccable timing, we know this. I explained to Zane that the smell was coming from someone living without a home, nor anywhere to clean himself. Zane was satisfied with my answer at the time, but I revisited the conversation with him later, hoping, I guess, to have a toddler-sized conversation about housing for all. Zane, what did you think about that person that we saw without a home? He thought for a little bit, and then he said, 
think he has a magic wand that he uses to make a beautiful home for himself. Imagination isn't wimpy. It's damn smart. It's bold. It's prophetic. It's speaking what could be while living with the oppression and claiming the inequalities all around at the same time. Imagination is rooted in the cross, close to our pain, close to our weeping, close to the stench of inequality so that we may never be numb to that which is real and here. The stench makes the possibility that much more beautiful. Every single one of us, friends, are prophets of imagination, called to put forth a bold vision of God's kingdom on earth, called to envision a more liberated tomorrow. How do we do that? We get close enough to the stench, close enough to the weeping, close enough to the promises, close enough to the prophets all around us, be they occupying Louisville to finally bring justice for Breonna Taylor, be they knocking on doors, passing out census information, a church community funding Black Lives Matter initiatives, a parent chairing the COVID reopening committee, or two-year-olds riding the subway. When we stop and listen to the prophets all around us, we'll stop only hearing demise. We'll hear echoes of imagination, each note moving us closer to liberation. May it be so. Amen.